Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, you're going to need an outline. I'm going to try to put 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag. I'm just going to warn you in advance. We're going to fly. I'm going to feed you with a fire hose. But my, my purpose, I started this Wednesday night, and we had a really interactive, where are we? What time is this? What season are we in? Um, my intention of the four pages was that there are people out there, even the secular realm. I was talking to a young man this week who's not a believer, um, makes no bones about that. But he was saying, man, I'm really afraid of what I see coming. I said, well, you don't need to be afraid. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, power, and love. Why don't you do this? If you don't know God, why don't you just ask, pray, God, if you're real, show me. There's no skin off your nose, right? If he's not real, but if he is real and he shows you, woohoo! So you don't have to be afraid. But, you know, there's no um, loss of understanding out there between all of the films, movies, the, the enticement that all this stuff, the end time stuff, the superheroes, the aliens. You, know, you ever wonder why is it that all of a sudden the government's releasing top secret documents about aliens that have been around, they've been witnessing and filming uh, with aircraft, air, the Air Force been looking at since the 50s. Why now? Interesting question, right? So it's all part of the, what I believe is an end time strategy of the enemy and also the Lord to reveal it. So let me ask you this question. If someone were to ask you, what season is this? Some would say, well, it's the fall season of 2022. It's cold out there. <laughs> Maybe it's cold out there, right? Um, some would say, well, biblically, I asked this question Wednesday night for those that were here. Um, what season do you believe we're in? And back it up with a scripture. Give me a scripture for it. We, and we had a ton of questions, which whew, we're gonna work on. It says, um, if someone were to ask you biblically, some would say, well, it's the end times. It's the last days. The transition from church age, where the church has been planted for 2,000 years, and now we're transitioning to the kingdom age. Some would say, well, Jesus is coming soon. Some would say, it's a scary time. Others would say, I don't want to know what time it is. I don't want to look at the news. I don't want, I'm like, it's too, it's too messy. Okay, I get it. You know, guard your heart if that's where you are. But so, but most people would say it's certainly an uncertain, chaotic time between COVID, food shortages, supply chain issues, natural disasters, climate change, violence, war, nuclear threats from both China and Russia, even this week. Mr. Putin from Russia said, just reminding you with this whole Ukrainian war and all the missiles, I think he launched over 60 missiles in one day into Ukraine to take out their infrastructure, killing the innocent. And uh, he said, you know, I want to just remind you all, this is a, since we're sending the Patriot missile battery to them, this is an escalation of this. And you're, you're uh, just want to remind you, United States, we have nuclear weapons. Interesting. And so some would say, that's scary open borders, division, inflation, blah, 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 interest rates. So it's like, yeah, people could say this is a very interesting time. Um, so if you look at your handout, I want to read this first paragraph. What season is this? Or you could title it, do you know what time it is? According to God's sovereign wisdom, first line, he has a season and a time for his purposes and for the fulfillment of his promises. 
In fact, Ecclesiastes 3, I think it was just quoted, King Solomon says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. Goes on and says, we see in both the realm of nature and also in the kingdom where there are appointed times, could call them epochs. In fact, Psalm 102, 13, I've quoted there, or listed it there, a season of change. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, I've been meditating on this one. It says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. He's about to do a new thing. They're crucially important in his redemptive purposes. Scripture reveals again and again how God's people are often blind and ignorant to what he's doing or about to do. Jesus warns in the church, in fact, this is really interesting. If you look at Matthew 24, one of the um, apostolic revelations by Jesus about the end times, right at the end of that Matthew 24, transitions right into there from one who's wise is a servant, feeds the house, the others that are not, they'll be punished, one's a reward, the other, and then it goes right into Matthew 25, which is the bridesmaids. Some of your translations, the 10 virgins, of which five are not ready. They don't have oil in their lamp. They're not prepared. Half the church, if you correlate that to church, which is what I believe, because they're bridesmaids. They're in the wedding party. They've been invited to the wedding. They're in it, right? But five of them are unprepared. Half the church is not prepared based on that analogy. When he returns, he's gonna come like a thief in the night. So my, my purpose today is not to scare you, but to motivate us. And also to give you enough scripture so that when you're around the table at Christmas, around New Year's with your family, says, so where do you think, what time do you think it is? Let me show you something, my pastor, what do you think? Let me give you scripture. And so you'll have both Old Testament, New Testament scriptures. You can reference right there, look them up, show it, and it at least makes an interesting discussion. Maybe not great for family gatherings, but it might be. <laughs> do you know what time it is and are you ready? What are you talking about? Okay. So let's move on. Uh, I want us to look at, I just listed a few items from the last, mostly the last few weeks, but certainly the last couple of months. What is going on right now in the earth? Because there was a group of men when David was becoming king. Remember he had prophetic word from years and years before that uh, prophesied from Samuel that he was gonna be king. Well, that doesn't happen. Then he becomes king of Judah, but he's not king of Israel and Judah together. And then all of a sudden, Gilgal happens, and boom, the Lord of the birth breaks through, and he becomes king of all Israel. Well, all of a sudden, in the epoch of time, God starts drawing people. Well, there was a group of warriors that come. His army grows to almost over a million men, people with skills to build. And it's like, wow, God, such favor. But there was a group there called the men of Issachar, listed there in 1 Chronicles 12.32 in that paragraph. It says, the men of Issachar are given special mention here because they understood the time, more importantly, understood what to do about it. It's one thing to know what time it is, but you know what to do? What's the Lord telling you to do? What's he telling me to do? What's he telling this church to do? That's real important. That's why we're in preparation of, of this uh, next year. And he's been speaking and revealing both to the board, to myself, and we'll be rolling some of those things out. So what time is it? What's going on right now? Number one, under A, a great reset. One world government transforming the world. In fact, I had somebody text me last night. says, Pastor, aren't the globalist elites already running everything? Just an interesting thought. 
Number two, the decline of Christianity. Pew Research says this first time history, Christianity is in decline. In fact, in the United States, it's freaky. The Gen Z generation is the most atheistic, unbelieving generation currently alive, maybe forever in the history, at least, of our nation. War in Europe, Russia threatening nuclear weapons. Iran reports development of hypersonic missiles in the last week that are now able to hit us in the United States, and there's no defense system capable of taking them out. Patriot missile system does not work but God. I like it, Mama. There's always that Trump car, right? And I don't mean President Trump. I'm talking about Jesus, right? China's leader comes out and tells his military to prepare for war with the U.S. Number seven, plagues and more. We don't need this one. More plague. They're threatening more lockdowns. In fact, there's other countries already locking down. Number eight, infanticide and the battle over Roe v. Wade. Boy, did we see that as a mess. In fact, Proposition 1 in California passed to be able to kill children right up until birth, and now they're looking at 28 days after birth. If that is an infanticide, I don't know what is. God help those people who voted for that. We see this U.S. Congress passes the Same-Sex Marriage Act. They call it the Respect for Marriage Act. or actually the Disrespect for Marriage Act. They codified that last week. Some of our own senators voted for that. You might want to find out about that. The U.S. Congress passed that transgender agenda indoctrinating our children to change the biological sex, removing parents from their process. And those who have been transgendered that have come out and trying to transgender gender back to their original because of the suicidal thoughts. It's, it's a crazy, chaotic mess that makes you just... Wonder what in the world are we doing? The open borders. Title 42 is gonna, it's gonna lapse this week, which was put in place to protect us from those both for social justice, protection, and also from COVID. I think there's over four million have come through the border in the last two years. This year we're on a track. Social welfare, this is a Title 42. They, they say they're lined up by the, by the thousands to come in. They don't know who they are. They don't know if they're on a terror watch cell. The statistics are already out. The number of people they found that are on the terror watch cell that have been caught by our border patrol. There are cells here that, man, it is a, you need to pray. We all need to pray. U.S. government debt now has surpassed 31.3 trillion this week. Russia and China, they're holding joint military exercises. That's never happened. North Korea develops missiles now, they say, capable of striking any city in the United States. Food shortages, supply chain disruptions. I'll show you a graph in a minute. Maybe, in fact, Daniel, if you could get those ready, we're gonna fly through those in a minute. One World Religion Headquarters in Abu Dhabi. The Pope has signed a global peace document with the Muslim leader. They're building a temple, a mosque, and a synagogue all in one place in the United Arab Emirates that should be finished either late this year or they said probably early next year that is on the track for one world religion. It's this thing, you know, I, somewhere in this book shares it says, if you have the sun, you have life. If you don't have the sun, you don't have life. When you start compromising, there's all roads up to heaven. That's not true. Absolute truth is not subjective truth. So this truth says there's only one, and we start, hey, we love all people. We're not, we're not, I'm not angry or hateful towards anyone that has sin in their life. In fact, we're supposed to help them. 
But you want to ask me, Pastor, you have a pretty closed mind about all this transgender and, and abortion. Yeah, absolute truth says this. Why wouldn't you have a closed mind? I'm not debating this. He already said it. He's the God of truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So, hello, come on. So, you, know, you seem very closed mind. You bet I am very closed on that. Well, he goes on, he says, when Israel becomes a nation, this is no surprise, May 14, 1948, when Jerusalem comes back in the hands and no longer in the hands of the Gentiles, 1967 war, he says, when you see the fig tree start to bloom, I've just listed two there, Jeremiah number 17, Jeremiah 24, and Hosea 9. Israel is the fig tree, right? When you see that blossom, you'll know summer is near, right? It's at the very door. We'll talk about that in a minute. Cryptocurrency, headed for cashless society. Installing microchips, having this debate right now that, well, how much in Europe they're already installing the microchips so we can go towards the cashless society. You don't have to worry about getting robbed. You can put a chip somewhere and you can have your whole bank account, your entire history, all your records, all your tax records, everything right there. Wow. Violence, lawlessness, senseless, demonic garbage, stuff that just makes no sense. Defunding the police and, you know, you can walk away with $900 worth of stuff and rob a store that are closing up now because they can't. It, it, where the heck? When you don't have Jesus, you're just stupid. He, even, he says it better. He says, a man is a fool. I, I, I'm trying to be nice. A, a person's a fool that does not have Jesus. It's just like you become really ignorant, ever no learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is wild. This week, I was, Doug Henry sent me this, I think, last week. The rabbis believe the, 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 the Messiah is here. In fact, there's a video that shows them the, all the top rabbis kissing his hand. They call him the Yanuka. He's here doing miracles, signs, and wonders. He's in the desert. Man, gee, that's a quote from Jesus. When they say he's in the desert, don't you believe it? Yeah. Doing lying, so come on. I mean, it's like when, when this really gets unraveled at that point, Jesus is going to say, so what part of my book didn't you read? That, why does he tell us all this? So you're not caught on unaware. Right? And so it's, it's just wild. But he says, just like in the days of Noah. So let, I want to run through these slides if Daniel uh, put, would put those up. I showed these Wednesday, so I'm just going to run through them really quickly because I want to get to the main message. These are things that have uh, on basically current events that have happened. In some st this is Abu Dhabi that's in the United Emirates. Those are the structures that are going to be built, the temple, the, the synagogue, and that's the current construction, actually a little bit, it's the Abrahamic family house under construction. Boy, what a twist of stuff. United Nations, if you haven't looked at the 2030 agenda that the United Nations is, one world government, yeah, it's all dressed up in a nice little package for climate control and let's be nice and let's not have war, then start looking down inside the details. Whoa. Okay, move on with that one, click past that. Cryptocurrency, you know what's going on there, keep going. The uh, rise of all the, the indoctrinating children. Drag queens indoctrinating children. Where was that 10 years ago? I mean, come on. Please, next one, I'm about to throw up on this stuff. Okay, this, the rise of anti-Semitism is on an exponential increase of hatred of the Jews. That's nothing new, but it's, it's on an up-ended place, right? End Israel. 
Now look at the number of events that are happening. This is harassment of Jews, vandalism, and assaults. Keep going. Again. Burning churches, blowing up synagogues. And then in Pakistan, if you look at our leaders in Nepal, the Hindu pushback that's against ours, they've shut down our, our orphanage several years back. So we see this outrage that's coming. Live as a Christian, die as a Christian. <laughs> Proud to be a Christian, martyrdom. And then the rise of all the anti-Christ spirit, that ugly thing, I'm not even gonna call his name out, but this is the satanic church. They have all these parallel things. You wanna go to satanic gatherings. It's just wild what the Lord is exposing. This was the curses sent against the former president. The migration, this uh, loss of sovereignty of this. The Lord created nations. <laughs> he put the boundaries into place. This is out of date. That's the number of uh, suspected terrorists. It's, I think it's well over 100 now. And there's so many getaway, gotaways, we have no idea. The border towns are completely overrun. And so this, it, that, that again, it's just the stuff is unbelievable what's happening, the dates. And if Title 14, uh, Title 41 goes next week, they're saying the mass migration that will completely overwhelm. All these people have to be fed. They're now opening up free health care. Free health care. Do you have that? And I, you know, it's like, so maybe we should cross the border and come in and then I can get free health care? I, I don't know. I, I'm, being, I'm being upset now. I'm, we need to pray. We just need to pray that child sacrifice, when you look at Molech, what's happening with child, that same spirit that happened years ago is still here. And now we're promoting this on other nations. We are pushing this agenda from the United States into other nations. Dominican Republic was one of the few nations that had no abortions, and now they're being pressured. I got mail letters, please help us. We don't want to be a nation that goes after that. The whole thing with Roe v. Wade. World hunger. This is really a frightening show of statistics. You'll see a graph here in a minute. Keep going, Daniel. When you look at the number of both the war, what's happening, the, the food crisis now with the wheat belt in Ukraine, look at the prices. Look at the exponential rise in prices between oil, meat, dairy, all that stuff that's happening. And it's only, it could only get worse if these things continue. Next one. Take a look again. What, look at the wheat price. What happened there? All right. The world, when they project what the... What's gonna happen? Earthquakes, remember one of the things Jesus said, there'll be earthquakes in various, look at the exponential rise since 2010. That's, some of these, Daniel's gonna show a graph, in one day where all these earthquakes are happening. Again, signs of the end that the Lord said, these will be the signs, and when you start, to, this is one day where earthquakes are taking place. COVID, all the conspiracy stuff associated, who knows what all that's all about. They're coming out, they believe that the Wuhan lab, I heard this this week, that it was a bioweapon, probably leaked by mistake. Some of the doctors that came out, I listened to them talk about it. They're working on a gain of function control to make a virus. So, I don't know, I'm not gonna promote a, but something happened, somewhere, all right. 
this uh, arresting of pastors in other nations. That's not new in other nations, but Canada has gone off the cliff. The last day apostate church. This was really sad. Look at how many Christian pastors believe the Bible is true. 37%? No wonder we've got this place where we're ordaining homosexuals. Active lifestyle homosexuals now in the pastor. Church is splitting. The whole gay agenda. I'm sorry. It's not biblical. It's absolute truth. I don't hate anyone. But that's the truth. And one day we'll stand and give an account to whether you believe the truth and supported the truth. Those who have persevered in my commandments, I will keep you from what's going. I read it. Revelation 3.10. So when you look at this, how come Muslims believe their book more than Christians? I mean, come on. Next slide. <sighs> That's the Ukraine border and what's happening now. It's unbelievable what is happening in the despair there. And we are sending a whole lot of money there and weapons. I think we're at the end, right? Thank you, Daniel. I just wanted to give you a quick snapshot. Again, I just, you'd have to almost not be aware of anything and not know any scripture to be caught unaware here. So turn to page two. What season is this? B1 at the top. God changes times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. I like that scripture, Daniel 2.21. Uh, Daniel 2, actually says this. Um, praise, this is that whole place where King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He grabs all of his uh, witch doctors, you know, soothsayers together. He says, I'm not gonna tell you my dream. You tell me my dream and you interpret my dream. If not, I'm gonna kill all of you, right? So Daniel says, give us a little time King Nebuchadnezzar, he gets Shadrach, Meshach, and again, Bendigo together, they pray, and the Lord gives Daniel the revelation of the dream and the interpretation, right? And he says this, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all power, all wisdom, he controls the course of world events, he removes kings and sets up other kings, he gives wisdom to the wise, he reveals deep and mysterious things, and knows what lies in the hidden darkness. That's that Daniel chapter two. Remember the scripture, the one in Proverbs 25, two, it says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and it is the glory of kings to discover them. And you know that you're a king, right? In the priesthood of the believer, in the New Testament church, 1 Peter two says you're a royal priesthood, living stones formed in that. Revelation one says you're kings and priests. That's that, you're, that's the, that's the, we, we've preached on this before, but it's the priesthood of the believer. And so he's saying, I hide these things, and you kings, queens, go figure them out. I want to tell you secrets. I want to tell you things you didn't know. Okay, moving right along. This is, um, when we look at that three, B3, this is a paraphrase of Matthew 24. It starts out with, they're in, remember, he's about ready to be crucified. He's got the 12 boys with him. 12 guys, and they sit down and says, they're like so impressed with the temple that took so many years to build. And Jesus says, 
do you see these things? Do you see these things? What an interesting statement. And then he says, not one stone will be left. And they're like, whoa, what do you mean not one stone? And we know that that was fulfilled in, uh, by the Roman legion smashing all of that in uh, 70 AD and not returned until May 14th, 1948. But here's the quote from Jesus. You'll know these things when you start to see them. Do you see all these things? Number three, he asked them, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I'm the Christ and will deceive many. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. At that time, if anyone says to you, look here is the Christ, don't you believe it? Now learn the lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender and the leaves come out and you know that summer is near, even so, when you see all these things, you'll know it is near, it's right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not certainly pass away until all these things have happened. No one knows the day or the hour. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be to the coming of the Son of Man. So keep watch. Keep watch. How many antichrists have already been on the scene in our lifetime? Remember Jim Jones, the cult leader in Ghana, right? 909 people died by taking the Kool-Aid. 300 of them plus were children. Watch out. Don't drink the Kool-Aid that's out there. There's a lot of deception out there. David Koresh, Sun Yet Moon, on and on it goes. And now they claim the Messiah is in the desert. C, supporters of the prophetic timetable. Let's look, I want to give you a New Testament, Old Testament. So I'm going to fly by these. Let's look at Apostle Paul. He tells us, some will depart from the faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and doctrines of demons. Forbidding to marry. There are more people living together today than are married. That's never happened before in the history. It used to be taboo. Perilous times, scoffers of God, disobedient to parents, unloving, slanderous, without self-control, hate what is good, lovers of self and pleasures, not God. They act religious, but they have no power. All right, let's, uh, we covered this quickly, but let's turn Wednesday night, we looked at this. But turn with me, if you would, to 1 Timothy chapter 4. You might want to highlight this in your Bible. I love paper. You can see my whole Bible's highlighted. I think the only one has got me beat is Lisa. Lisa's got more stuff in her with colors. Oh, my goodness. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now, the Holy Spirit tells us expressly, King James says it this way, now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. New Living says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites, liars, consciences are dead. They will say it's wrong to be married, wrong to eat certain foods. This whole thing with food, you ever see these people in Europe now? They're taking all the milk and they're going into stores and pouring it all out. They're telling don't eat meat, you gotta have some, vet. hey, if you're on a diet thing, great, but this is a sign that something is really off here, okay? 
Let's keep reading. These people are hypocrites, liars. They'll say it's wrong to be married, wrong to eat certain foods, but God created the foods to be eaten with thanks, faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks, for we know it is made acceptable by the word God in prayer. Turn over, go to 2 Timothy and chapter three. The dangers of the last days. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. People will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving, unforgiving, slander others, have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, reckless, puffed up with pride, love pleasures rather than God. They'll be act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from them. That's Peter. I'm sorry, that's Paul. Let's look at Peter now. Turn with me to 2 Peter in, verse, in chapter two. So turn to the right, right after Hebrews. You got 1 Peter, 2 Peter. Now the apostle Peter, this is 30, he writes this just before he's martyred. So this is like 30 some odd years after the crucifixion of Christ. They've been going, planting churches, doing, and now he's, in, he's arrested in Rome and he writes his last will and testament. And this is so important. When you're about to die and you've done, this is about time, let me, when I've been on the deathbed with some others, they've said, I wanna tell you the truth, I want this uncovered. This is really important to me, pastor. I gotta get it off my chest. This is Peter's analogy to the church at large. He says, this is so important. He starts out growing in faith. He tells them to grow in faith. Let's pick up in chapter two, 2 Peter 2, verse one. Let me read out of the New Living. Now there will also be false prophets in Israel just as there are false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny that the master who brought them in this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and same shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they'll make up clever stories to get the money, but God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them in the hell, the gloomy pits of darkness where they're being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and his seven others in his family. Noah warned that the world of God's, the, the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah. I want you to see that. Some translate, King James says that not only was he protected, but it says that he spared not the world, saved Noah, saved, protected, some say rescued. It's important when you start looking later about what's about to happen. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued, see that word, Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul. Some of you have been tormented in your soul in what you see. Me too, it just turned your stomach. Tormented in what we see by the wickedness that they saw and heard day after day. So you see, this is good, verse nine. 
So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue God's people from the trials even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of judgment. Then he goes and says, especially it's those who follow their own twisted sexual desires and despise authority. These people are proud and arrogant, daring even to scoff at supernatural beings without such as, as trembling. But the angels who are far greater in power and strength, they didn't do that or bring, the, the, Lord, the Lord said, don't let the Lord bring blasphemy against you. Verse 12, these false teachers are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at the things they don't understand like animals, they'll be destroyed. Their destruction is the reward of the harm that they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are disgraced and stained among you. They delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals, whoa. They commit adultery with their eyes and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin and they're well trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam. He was the witch doctor in Numbers 22, 24. Who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped by his mad course when a donkey rebuked him with a human voice. These people are useless as dried up springs or in the midst they'll be blown away in the wind. They are doomed to the blackest darkness. That's why I like that picture. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into those sin, those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin of corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing the Lord Jesus, the Savior Jesus Christ, and they get tangled back up and enslaved in the sin again, they are worse off than before. That's Matthew 12. Seven words. It is better that if they had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the continued giving of the holy life. Verse 22, they prove the truth of the, of the dog returns to his vomit. Another one says a washed pig returns to the mud. Chapter three, last thing we hear from Peter before he's executed. Verse one, the day of the Lord is coming. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mock the truth, follow their own desires. They'll say what happened to the promise of Jesus coming again. From before times of our ancient, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens with the word of his command and brought the earth out of the water and surrounded it with the water. Then he used the water to destroy it, the ancient world, with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is a day. So 2,000 years, this is only, we're in the third day right now. Hello, on God's calendar. The Lord isn't really bringing, really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's actually patient for your sake. 
He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone. Think about it. If he came 100 years ago, you and I, where would we be, right? But the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. This is why one of the scriptures, I believe, is associated with the rapture of the church. There will be those, he's gonna, we don't know the day of the hour, right? When the tribulation happens and the, the Antichrist is standing in the temple, that's been, it's not gonna be any surprise. We know exactly what's gonna happen. But right now, you don't know and I don't know, is it tonight that the rapture of the church, the disappearance is gonna happen? I'll make some more cases for that. You can have your opinion. I'm just gonna be on the first train out of here. I, I believe it. Look, go on. It says, you, you think about nuclear war? Verse 11, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? Looking forward, looking forward to the day that God, and hurry it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. You ever look at a neutron bomb? It melts. It doesn't destroy buildings. <laughs> it just destroys flesh. But they, this week, I'm getting off on a tangent, they think they've discovered how to do fusion. Right, Brian? Is that, what amazing statement. We've been trying to, so right now we got fission. That's a whole, talk to Brian, he'll tell you all about that. Or Lisa, they're both nuclear engineers. All right, let's move on. It says that, looking forward to the day when, when fire and the elements will melt, verse 13, but we're looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness, That ought to give you hope. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to found yourselves living peaceful lives, pure and blameless in his sight. How you doing? Pure and blameless. That ought to convict all of us. Lord, do that mirror check. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with wisdom God gave him. Speaking of things in all of his letters, some of these comments are hard to understand and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. But as they do and the other parts of scripture and this will result in their destruction. I'm warning you ahead of time. Clear, dear friends, be on guard so that you'll not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people who lose their own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. Okay, we got the two guys of the the apostolic guys, Apostle Paul. Okay, turn to page three. We're making progress. Praise God. You okay? I know I'm, you know, woo, your head will go like, okay, C3, Jesus tells the sign, and we just looked at, I, I showed you Matthew 24, but I've listed here a combination both from Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13. All three of those are Jesus' prophecy to the disciples about this is what it's gonna look like. So you can see, it's again, there's many of them that cor- uh, correlate, but you can see, I'll just have you look down that list, C3, A through P, but I want you to kind of draw attention. Look at K, this generation, well, look at J, the fig tree blossoms. It says, when you start to see the fig tree blossom, you'll know that it's right at the door. 
Strange signs in the heavens. You, you've been watching any of this stuff? SpaceX, NASA, they just sent this rocket up, got it back this past week, right? Preparing for a moon, uh, another shot around the moon, maybe next year, the year after. There's a lot of strange stuff in the heaven. Even the, uh, quote, aliens that are, it's all like things to wonder about, right? Keep watch, don't be unaware. The fig tree blossoms, we know that from night. We had this debate, um, I think it was, uh, Becky, Jask- Becky Soto, where is she? She's somewhere in here. Where's Becky? Oh, there's Becky. Hi, Becky. Um, she texts me, says, so pastor, do you think it's 70 years or 80 years? Are we, does that mean that 20, was it 2026, 2028, right? It'll be the end. I said, well, that's interesting because we know from Genesis that the Lord, he gets fed up after Noah. He says, nobody's gonna live more than 120 years. That's it. I'm gonna cut it off. This idea of 600, no. But then he goes on, he tells us in the Psalms that um, out of Psalm 90, verse 10, it says, three score and 10, 70 years, some will make it to 80. So what about life expectancy those days? Back in the day, it was 40 years. So is it, well, we've already kind of surpassed that. So I'll just put that out as a, no one knows the day or the hour. But I'll tell you what, it's near. It's real near. It's right at the door, stuff that's happening. So when you look at this, you say, okay, how about some of those that are in the church that are not prepared under M? This is a frightening scripture for me. In Matthew 25, let's turn there for a minute. You're probably familiar with it. But in Matthew 25, he gets done teaching Matthew 24 about what will be the signs. And then he right away goes into those who are unprepared and those who are prepared. And he talks about oil in your lamp. Some of your translate, King James says there were 10 virgins, talks about their purity. Remember, he makes us righteous, right? 11 times, Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, he says, because of your faith in Christ, you're righteous. Now, many of us, we we look like that flower, like, "Uh, I'm not right. But God sees you as that blooming flower because of the blood of Jesus. Right? Abraham was declared the father because of his faith in Christ, declared righteous, and you're the sons of Abraham, daughters of Abraham. All the blessings of God and Abraham are yours, right? So you're righteous. So don't go, well, I'm not that righteous. Okay, well, keep repenting and keep growing and keep going, right? And so, so the 10 virgins, from God's point of view, they are righteous. But five of them have no oil in their lamp, they're not prepared. They don't know what's, they're gonna be caught unaware. If they're living out there and doing all that stuff, you can be a believer, but guess what? It ends up with gnashing of teeth. Now what does that look like? Some have thought, do they have to go through the tribulation? The unprepared believers, where are they going? They're gonna have to get purified through the fire? I'll just put that out as a thought. But there's others that have five and they come and say, when they really say, he's coming, give me some of your oil. I'm not sure, you can't, you, that oil is a personal thing. The Holy Spirit is a personal power. You can't share your Holy Spirit with, some, hey, let me give you some of my Holy, no, it's yours. And you gotta get the power. That's why he said, don't leave Jerusalem, right? Acts 1, 4, don't leave until the Father sends the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8, when you get it, you'll have power. You'll become my witnesses. Acts chapter 2, it falls. Acts chapter 4, it's given again. Acts chapter 8, in Philippians, it yells the Samaritan church that it falls on the believers. And there's a refill. If you've been 
fall on once before, you need to get refilled. Turn off all the Netflix garbage and all the stuff that's out there. Stop the drinking, stop the smoking, stop the porn, stop it. Get out there and do the righteous stuff and start walking in the right place. And then, then you'll be prepared. Get your oil in the lamp. All right, quickly, I gotta move on. So let's look at, how about some other prophetic revelation here. Look at uh, D4, the prophet Zechariah. Man, I love this guy. Turn to Zechariah. You ought to read this. Read Zechariah and read Ezekiel this week in these locations. You'll, you'll get really excited. All right, let me, I'm gonna have to run through this one quick. Turn to Zechariah chapter eight. The first part of Zechariah one through seven is like, woo there's all these visions and like, yay, what, wow, God. But then he gets to meat and potatoes. I love this. The blessing, chapter eight. Let me quickly, I'm just gonna hit verses because you gotta, you gotta go through this and read it yourself, mark it up, but I'm gonna give you the specific verses. I've listed some of them here. Chapter eight, I want you to see that he picks up and he looks at, he, he, he tells of the first coming, he tells of the second coming, he tells of the revelation of Israel to the one whom they pierced as an only son. He then talks about recovery from the Holocaust and, and the restoration of Israel as a nation and he talks about the restoration of the millennium in chapter 14. So look at, let's look at eight. It says, he says he's gonna come back. I love this. He, loves, he says, I love Zion, verse one and two. I'm consumed with passion for Jerusalem. It's his holy city. And now the Lord says, I'm returning to the Mount Zion and I will live in Jerusalem, verse three. And the mountain of the Lord be called the faithful city, the mountain of the Lord of heaven's armies. He loves that city. Verse six, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. All this may seem impossible to you now, but a small remnant of God's people, but whatever is impossible is not impossible for me. He says, Verse seven, I will rescue my people from the east and the west, bring them home again to the safety of Jerusalem. He did that, right? It's been since 1948, they're coming back. Right after Hitler's destruction of six million, the world is shocked. President Truman makes the first declaration within minutes of the declaration of Israel as a nation. Isaiah 66, can a nation be born in a day? Yes, it was. Truman acknowledges it. He was trained by a nanny and his grandmother about Israel when he was a boy. When our president, Roosevelt, dies in office, there comes Truman. Truman's gotta decide where he's gonna drop the bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but he also knows about Israel. And he recognizes when all the death camp stuff starts coming out, they've gotta have a nation. And he votes, and that's why we're blessed as a nation. You want to know what happened to us from 1948 to now? Look at the prosperity. And now look what happens to us. We start turning our back on Israel. It's no wonder we're an indebted nation. Come on. Let's get wise about what the scriptures say. Verse 7, I will bring my people back. Look at verse 12, I'm planting seeds of prosperity among you. The grapevine, once more, I will cause the remnant of Judah and Israel to inherit their blessings. They will come back and I will rescue you and I will make you a source of blessing. Do you know how many Jews have gone and did the Nobel Prize? Your cell phones and all the stuff, the, the medical, those are all mostly Jews. That's a promise right there fulfilled. They will become, then he talks about festivals and the world will come. Verse 20, this is what the Lord of Heaven Army says. People from the nations and cities around the world will travel to Jerusalem. We've been there, what, three or four times? Yes, all over the world people go. That's another fulfilled prophecy. Didn't exist before 1948. Okay, moving right along. Chapter nine. 
He prophesied the first coming. I was going to cover more, but let me just jump right into verse 9. Zechariah 9.9, rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, the people of Jerusalem. Look for your king is coming to you. He's a righteous and victorious, and yet he's humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey colt. Right, he goes, he says, when he comes in in Palm Sunday, there's a fulfillment of what was spoken by Zechariah 600 years before Christ is even born. Validated by the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in 1948. That wasn't made up after the fact. It's a fact now. Come on, when you start looking at all the archaeological finds and everything that validates this book, you'd have to be such a skeptic to not believe it. He goes on, he says, I prophesied, right? I'll make a covenant with you in verse 11. The covenant sealed in my blood. Hello? Well, he had to be crucified first for that to be sealed in his blood. Well, that's good because he prophesies that. He prophesies the betrayal of the 30 pieces of silver. Then he goes on, and we'll get to there in a moment. It says, I will protect them. But he also says in verse nine, is, talks about, I believe, nuclear war. Look at verse, chapter nine, verse 13. The Lord of heaven's army says, I will protect his people, and they will defeat their enemies by hurling great stones. I wonder what the hurling of great stones are. When you talk to the Israeli intelligence folks, Mossad, there's a, you can look it up, it's, not, it's, on, it's in the, on Google. It's called the Samson Massive Retaliation as a Last Resort. It's the Samson option. Israel has nuclear weapons, and in the event that they are overwhelmed, they will launch nuclear weapons and burn up the nations around them. That's in the book. When you say Damascus has not one stone returned, yeah, well you look at that in Isaiah 17, this, the war that has not been fought yet. I just turn your attention there that these scriptures are valid and they're there. Look at chapter 10. I will restore my people. Look at verse eight. I will bring them. Only a few are left. This is after World War II, right? Six million. They will grow so numerous as they were before. Verse nine. Though they were scattered like seeds among the nations, they will still be remembered in the distant lands. They kept their inheritance. They kept their heritage. They kept their language. No other nation has ever done that or come back, okay? They and their children will survive and they will return again to Israel. Verse 11, they will pass through the sea of distress. I think the Holocaust was a sea of distress. Verse 12, by my power I will make the people strong and by my authority they will go wherever they wish. I, the Lord, have spoken. Verse, chapter 11, jumping to verse 13. See that the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter's field, potter, the magnificent sum that they valued. So they took 30 coins and threw them to the potter in the temple of the Lord. This is where we see that Judas betrays what's happening. And he betrays, and he goes and throws the gold. Thank you, Catherine. So we see that this is again prophesied 600 years before Christ, the betrayal of the 30 pieces of silver and the potter's field that's joined. Do you see the prophetic revelation and the fulfillment? Why would the prophet, he says, I don't do anything that I don't first tell the prophets. Amos 3, I tell the prophets first what I'm gonna do and then I do it. So here it is, he's doing it, fulfilling his word over and over and again. How about this one? This is the revelation by the Jews that they realized they crucified the Son of God. He says this, on that day, chapter 12, verse nine, on that day will begin to destroy all the nations that have come against Jerusalem. Then, 
Verse 10, I will pour out on my spirit of grace prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on the one whom they have pierced and mourn for him as if an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow and the mourning in Jerusalem on that day will be like great mourning of Hadad Himran in the valley of Megiddo. All Israel will mourn each clan by itself and the husbands separate from the wives in the clan of David will mourn they will realize the Messiah. We crucified the Messiah. He's not in the desert. There's too much in chapter 12, but it talks about what the apocalyptic fire, the burning up two-thirds of the earth and the people are destroyed. And when you look at the 12th imams associated with the Shia Muslim, they believe in this. That's why they're trying to get a nuclear weapon because they believe if they can destroy Israel and destroy us and start a nuclear conflagration, that the Mati will be ushered in. This is not like Russia who doesn't want to be destroyed. These guys want it. You wonder why we're trying to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. Hey, it's here. It's in the book, and it's going to happen because two-thirds of the earth during the book of Revelation are burned up. Chapter 14. Ha, beautiful. Glad he's coming. Chapter 14, verse 1. Watch, the day of the Lord is coming. When your possessions will be plundered, I will gather the nations to fight against Jerusalem. Verse three, the Lord will go out to fight against those nations as he fought in times past. And on that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives east of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives will split wide open. This is the great earthquake. He's now gonna usher in the King of Kings. He's coming back just, why are you gazing up, Acts chapter, why are you gazing up, people? Don't you know he's coming back the same way, right? He's gonna come and now look at what he says. On that day, verse eight, life-giving waters will flow out of Jerusalem. This sounds like Ezekiel 47. Half towards the Dead Sea, half towards the Mediterranean. Verse nine, and the Lord will be king over all the earth and the day will be be with the Lord. The name alone will be worshiped. We sang that today. Look at verse 11, and Jerusalem will be filled safe at last, never again to be cursed and destroyed, and the Lord will send a plague on the nations that fought against Jerusalem, and their people will become like walking corpses, flesh rotting. Talk about the walking dead, hello. Then what happens? Everybody goes up to Jerusalem, verse 16. Even the enemies will go up to Jerusalem each year and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is the tabernacle. He tabernacles with his people and the end is there. Okay, so we got Zechariah. Now, quick, oh good, we got five more. Let's go to Ezekiel. You good? Come on, I know your brain is like, oh! You're good, you're good. Come on, you can do this, we can do it. Okay, chapter 37, he tells, remember Israel does not exist, and he tells the prophet, this is written by Ezekiel 2,500 years ago validated by the Dead Sea Scrolls, so I want you to see what they, what they says is, can these bones live? Prophesy, Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. He prophesied, let them have flesh, and it's all about, can Israel be again a nation? Yes, absolutely. He says in verse nine, Ezekiel 37, nine, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak prophetic message, O breath from the four winds. Breathe on these dead bodies so that they may live. Verse 11, then he said, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are the people saying, we have become old dry bones. But they come back from their grave of exile. Look at 
This is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open up the graves of exile, cause you to rise again. I will bring you back from the, to the land of Israel. Verse 14, I will put my spirit on you and you will live again and return to your, your home and your own land. Pick up on verse 21. I give this message from the sovereign Lord. I will gather the people of Israel from among the nations. I will bring them home to their own land and their place where they have been scattered. I will unify them under one nation. It's not gonna be Israel and Judah. One nation, one king. Bibi Netanyahu's gonna be again there soon. One leader, right? Another fulfilled prophecy. Now look at down, drop down to verse 26. I will give them their land and increase their numbers. They're over nine million from all of the making of Aliyah, Ethiopia, all the nations sending the Jews. I will put my temple among them forever. We talked about this Wednesday night. That's why there will be a third temple. They've already got the architect. They've got all the elements. They can build it, they said, within one year. It has to be in place for the Antichrist to stand in the middle and declare himself God. So it's coming. But it doesn't have to be built before the rapture, my point. Okay, moving right along. Look at verse eight. A long time from now, chapter 38, verse one. Let's start there, chapter 30. So they're gonna be back in their land and the nations are gonna come. And it says, I have this issue. I have an enemy. I'm gonna put hooks in the enemy and I'm gonna bring you against my people from the distant north. Look at verse six. Well, let's move up to Gog and Magog, verse three, starts, I'm your enemy. I will turn and put hooks in your jaw and bring you with all of your hordes. Persia, 1935, Persia changed their name to Iran. So you have Iran, Ethiopia, that's no boat. Libya, that's already there under uh, Hezbollah and others. I will join you two with their weapons. You will come from the distant north. Get on a map, go north of Jerusalem, it's Russia, Moscow, okay? I will bring you from the distant, there's no other countries beyond that. I will bring you from the distant north in the latter days, put hooks in your jaw and I will bring you, that's why when we see Russian troops already have been there for a couple of years in Syria, lined with the Syrian dictator, it's no wonder that there's questions and concerns and they've been warning Israel Stop bombing our stuff in Israel, in, in Syria, taking out the missile batteries that the Iranians have set up with their proxies. My rabbi friends tell me it's gruesome stuff going down. Long time from now, you'll be called into action. Verse eight, 38, eight. A long time from now, you'll be called into action in the distant future. You'll swoop down on the land of Israel. Swoop down, isn't that interesting? They didn't even have planes or parachutes in those days. Now they're gonna swoop down and will enjoy peace. After they're enjoying peace, are they, do you think they've been, had some level of war peace after World War II? Mm-hmm, I think so. After the Holocaust, they've been recovering. And then the lands and the mountains of Israel have come. And it says, when this happens, look at verse 12. I will go to those formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from the exiles of the nations. Drop down to 15. You'll come from your homeland in the distant north with your vast cavalry and your mighty army and you will attack my people Israel covering the land with a cloud. And that time in the distant future, so those drones, are they parachute? What are they? Choppers, helicopter, what is it? In the distant future. So here's Ezekiel, 2,500 years, talking about sometime way out there this is gonna happen. I'm gonna bring you against my people. In the future, I will bring you against my people, verse 17. 
But then the sovereign Lord shows up. Your men will turn their shore. The, chapter 39 is a repeat. You'll come from the distant north, verse two. Verse six, I will rain fire. This is nuclear weapon, possibly the Samson stuff. I will rain down fire on Magog and his allies who live safely in the coast, and yet will know that I am the Lord. It's gonna take them seven years, seven months of burying the dead, and then so many years to take all the plunder. Okay. Ha, huh. you good? Okay. Can you give me five more minutes? Okay. I wanna make a case quickly for the rapture of the church, because I believe, now there are those that don't believe, what's, I, I tried to define rapture. Look at F6. Here's my case for pre-trib rapture of the church. The Greek word harpezo means to seize or snatch away. And both the apostle Paul and Jesus were taken up, snatched away. Remember Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 went to be up into the paradise, up there things he saw there. That's that same snatching away. Number FC, living believers will be caught up together with the dead in Christ to be with the Lord. I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter one. 1 Thessalonians one. And let's look at verse 10. The church at Thessalonica had a lot of questions. They wondered, maybe Jesus had already come back. Remember, they don't have any YouTube, they don't have cell phones. They don't, it's like, so whatever you heard in your local village, like, did you hear that maybe you were, you know, we missed the rapture already? And uh, No, and so Paul writes a letter. Says, let, me, let me clarify some stuff for you. Look at verse 10, chapter one, 1 Thessalonians 1.10. It says, let me read New Living. And they spake of how, and they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of this God's Son from heaven. So they were looking. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, he's the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the, um, of the coming judgment. King James says, and wait for the Son from heaven, whom raised, who was raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I looked up all, many translations, ESV, uh, King, uh, it all says from, to keep you from, not in or through, to keep you from. Look at all the translations, go back into the Greek, look at it. Okay, quickly, turn to, to Revelation chapter three and verse 10. Another verse 10. Revelation 3.10. I actually read it at the close of service, worship today. Verse 10, Revelation 3.10, it says, because you've obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing. That is a specific time that will come upon the whole world. There'll be lots of tests in the world, but not the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Very important language. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have. King James says, I will keep thee from, here it is again, to te- that test that's coming on the whole world at one moment, I'll keep you from it. Amen. So those are, I think, some powerful scriptures. Turn back to Thessalonians, and let's look at chapter four, First Thessalonians four. Beginning in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you'll not grieve like people who have no hope. If you've lost a loved one, don't grieve 
you got hope here. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. This is not Paul's opinion. He had a direct revelation from the Lord himself. I tell you this directly from the Lord, verse 15, who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who died. For the Lord himself will come down with the heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. First, the Christians who have died will be raised from their graves, together with them who are still alive on the earth, and we are caught up, caught up, hello? He didn't come back second time, no, caught up in the clouds, and there will we be with the Lord. So encourage each other. There's a catching away, it's the snatching, it's that same harpezo word that caught away and so when we see this it's like okay I want you to see there's other scriptures here I've listed them there John 14 13 remember Jesus said don't be troubled or afraid when everything's ready I'll come get you okay okay great pastor you just scared us Um, that's really nice now what do you want us to do about it I'm glad you asked turn to page four the good news is he declares us righteous. All you gotta do is this like 1 John 1, 9, confess your sin to him, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. I don't care how unrighteous you've been at any time of your life, today's a brand new day. Turn it over, get in there and say, I'm gonna do this thing. This is a great, e- I, the reason I wanted to do this before the new year is like, this is a great time to sit down and say, what am I gonna do different next year? What am I gonna do different? I'm gonna stop slandering. Stop being hateful. Stop running my mouth and gossip. Stop smoking dope. Stop hitting porn sites. Stop being angry. Stop having unforgiveness. How do I do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Galatians 5, you walk in the flesh, you produce all that. You walk in the Spirit, you get empowered. And then you get love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, mercy, and self-control. Woo-hoo. Boy, do we need that, right? There's none of us who have arrived and he does this work in us. He began the work, Philippians 1, 6. He began a good work in you and will perform it to the day. So you just gotta let him perform. So look at G7. Wow, G7, they just had that meeting with all the, that's wild. Okay, how to be prepared for his coming. Be in Christ. Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. John 17, Jesus prays for all disciples who will ever believe in the power that the disciples he had gave. Two, be holy. Pursue righteousness as a lifestyle. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First Peter, be ye holy as I am. Galatians 5, walk in the spirit. Number three, Overcome temptation by focusing on God's way out. If you're tempted, don't say God's tempting, devil's done it, no, no, it's your own mess. And he says you can overcome by focusing on the way out. Don't focus on the temptation, focus on the way out. Because it says he gives us a way out every time. And he knows every temptation because he was tempted like you. That's wild. He knows your mess and he knows what it's like to have that battle and he says, but I've overcome that and you can too. Number four, demonstrate your faith by your good works. The bride being made ready. It's gotta be more than just talk. Too much cheap talk today. 
Good deeds. What are your good deeds? What are you going to do next year? Where are you going to serve next year? What did James say? Show me your faith by what you do. Don't tell me what you do. Tell me what you Show me it. So, all right, Lord, what do you, I'm asking, Lord, what do you want us to do? What are the sacrifices we're going to make? And my wife and I have been looking at calendars. Okay, how could we put another night in the calendar if we put up the tent for six months from April to the Feast of Tabernacles? How do, and we're going to rat wrestle. Like, how can we do that? How do we, yeah, praise the Lord. Ask him, what are you going to do differently? You know, he tells us you do the same thing all the time. That's, the, that's insanity. You got to do something different. Number five, hold on and persevere through all the warfare, all the confusion, all the uncertainty, because the Lord is a sure foundation. Okay, let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. You did good. Praise the Lord. Whew. I know it's like... Go home and stare at the wall for a minute. Um, here's the altar call this morning. I want to invite, put on a little background music. Um, if you're not sure you're ready, because he says you'll know that you know. Now, recognize all of us ought to have this. You can't hear this stuff and not have tension in there like, I know I can be more righteous and more pursued. And Come on. When I, but... He also says, you know that you know, and you're in pursuit of him. But if you're not sure, I want you to get out of your seat. Don't be ashamed. Just get up and say, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I want to be. I want to get in the ark of Jesus. We know he protected Noah. He protected Lot. And he's gonna, I believe he's going to keep those who are in that place. So this would be a great day to start. I want to know. I want someone to pray for me to know. He reveals that. Because there's that scripture in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, Lord, Lord, we called you Lord and cast out demons, did prophetic words. And then Jesus turns and says, I don't know you. How could you cast out demons, give a prophetic word, and not know? He finishes that by saying, what you did was unlawful. It wasn't authorized. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you to do this specific thing. And what was your motive? Lawlessness means you're not doing it in accordance with what he's told you to do. That's a sobering scripture that all of us should reflect on. We want our hearts to be right, to be pure. We don't want to do anything out of order. So if you're here and you say, I I just don't know if I'm ready. I need to... I want him to be the Lord of my life. I don't want him just fire insurance. I want him to be the Lord, the Lordship. There's a difference between Lord and not. Then if you're here and I don't know if I've got oil in my lamp. I don't know if I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if, if I've... Uh, and, and you'll know. You'll, you'll be enthusiastic. You just can't watch stuff. You could watch. It just, it's like, ah, no. It's just like the Holy Spirit in you is like, yeah. You're not a good sinner anymore. It just doesn't work for you anymore. So if that's, if you want more power, you want more oil in your lamp, why don't you come? And then some of you need to go home and get rid of the defilements. You need to get rid of your bong. Those listening by live stream, 
Get rid of your stuff. Get rid of your garbage that's in your house, any defilements, any forms of idolatry that are not from you. Clean your house. Start with this house. Lord, show me any forms of defilement or idolatry, and a lot of that can even be our thinking. Do you have hatred, judgments, criticisms? I need to repent for that. That's, that's, not, that's not the flower that's blooming in the light. So if you're not sure, come. If you want more oil, because you're not sure if your lamp's got enough and you want to get rid of stuff. So Lord, we just come before you. Those listening by live stream as well, Lord, I pray that no condemnation, yes. but conviction. And no fear, because he says in 1 John 4, 18, perfect love expels fear. So if there's any fear of judgment, it means that your love's not yet perfected enough. And we're all there. I'm there. There's moments when, Lord, so Lord, perfect your love in us. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. Right? He tells Timothy 1.7. Lord, I just thank you right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and manifest your presence. Thank you for your word. What a great and awesome God that he would tell us specifically what to look for and how to be ready. Then he tells us over and over, watch, keep alert, be on guard, look, expect my coming, be ready, have your bags packed, your oil filled with lamps, oil. So I thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we look to this week, Christmas Eve, may we keep you at the center of all that's taken place. And we thank you now. Jesus' name. So I'm going to invite the ministry team if you'll come forward and if you'd like prayer, come and receive prayer. And Thank you all. God bless you.